0: Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after KU fell to Duke in the Champions Classic to kick off the 2019 20 season 68 to 66. And <laughs> there's a lot of things you could say about this game, aesthetically pleasing. Um, would not be one of them uh, a lot of turnovers uh, and even for Duke as well you I know mean, they as a team did not look overly impressive didn't really shoot the ball well as a team I think that's one benefit I think KU did have was uh, doing all right on the defensive end but overall uh, just a, a tough game to watch and a tough game to kind of uh, try and judge. And that's what I think we should label this podcast, the let's not overreact to literally anything we just saw podcast. Um And this year, I feel like maybe the thing for KU that could extrapolate throughout the entire season would be KU's two bigs. And that's where I think we should start off. That was my biggest takeaway from the game today was how uh, bad, I guess. KU looked on the defensive end, especially with Matthew Hurt in there at the four with two bigs. Uh, David McCormick started off the game on Matthew Hurt. And Hurt, before the first media timeout, was able to get at least three open shots that I counted. Um, you know, one of them was a three from the, I believe it was like the top of the key or at least above the break. Um, then he got one little turnaround jumper, uh, kind of the right, or just under the free throw line. Was able to hit that. And I think with, you know, with McCormick guarding these more mobile fours, that this is what Bill Self decides to do for the rest of the season, playing McCormick at the four next to Yudoka Azubuke for at least to start the game and for good portions of it. A lot of the responsibility on the defensive end for guarding the fours is going to be on McCormick. And I think Matthew Hurt is a great example of someone that he's going to have to guard this season. And yeah, Hurt did not, you know, shoot the ball too efficiently, four of 12, 11 points. Three of seven from three, but with McCormick on the floor and Hurt, um, it felt like Hurt was able to get some of those shot that he wanted. Um, specifically, I mean, even to start the second half to get Duke on the board in the second half, McCormick, you know, Matthew Hurt hit him with like a little jab step and then came back and just rose up and shot the three. And because Matthew Hurt is more uh, quicker, you know, he's faster than McCormick. McCormick had to move backwards, you know, because Now, of course, you're not going to let a guy just blow past you. That's not what you're taught in this build self-defense. You're supposed to stay in front of your guy and, you know, if you cannot just let him get by you and into the lane because then that forces everyone else to collapse. So, you know, what then Matthew Hurt did was he used that space that McCormick gave him because he moved backwards and shot the ball. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I'll take from this game was KU guarding a prototypical foreman in this day and age in basketball and how they look trying to do that now again you know Hurt didn't necessarily shoot the ball well but he still was able to get some clean looks against David McCormick um and I don't I can't remember if Silvio was matched up with Hurt very often in, in the first half because it didn't feel like Silvio played too much in the second half but if KU is going to continue to do this too big look which for me it I struggle with this because I understand why you would want to put, you know, if Silvio and, and Doke, you're saying are your two of your four best players, you want them on the floor together. Um, now the fit may not necessarily be there, and it looked like that was maybe a little bit of the case tonight with McCormick and Doke and and Silvio and Doke because Doke wasn't able to get some clean looks at the post inside. Uh, that was something that I was a little bit concerned about. Was you know how. Doke, you, if you think of, you know, you know, when he's dominating. He's getting the ball inside and he's dunking on people. And that comes when you have those four shooters around him. And I think that going forward, I would not surprise me if, you know, with Doke in the game, if Bill Self does go more to the, the four around one with Azubuki in the game. And then maybe, you know, you work it out where maybe, you know, McCormick and Silvio can play together because both of them are a little bit more mobile. So that maybe you know both of those guys are able to play off each other more in the post and moving around where you can keep the paint clear if you want, and both guys and maybe at the elbow and one in maybe the the mid range baseline area, but there are certain things that throughout the season you'll kind of work through uh, and and figure out, which is part of the reason why I don't try not to overreact to these first games of the season, and I thought it was also pretty interesting that Andy Katz. Who works for the NCAA, or I believe it's the NCAA, we used to work for ESPN, but he had all four of the coaches in the Champions Classic on for a podcast. Uh, and the biggest thing that I took away was all the coaches basically saying that, yeah, we don't have a whole lot in offensively right now. It's, it's really just gonna be a see what kinda happens. And it, it did feel like that sort of game for KU, where, you know, even at the end, uh, when they're trying to get that, the time three, when it's, uh, you know, 63-66, you're trying to get the three and they couldn't get an open look and ended up with Marcus Garrett in the lane on two separate occasions and nothing was able to come of that. So it really was just a sloppy game in general. I do struggle to try and take a lot out of this outside of how bad K did look with the two bigs in there uh, on the offensive end and on defense. And again, I will continuously say this, it will take time for the two big thing to work. You know, Diedrich Lawson has arguably one of the most skilled foremen Bill Self has ever had, and it still didn't look pretty with him and he took as a bouquet. So I think there's still a world where maybe you just don't have two bigs with Doke, and maybe you just go, you know, four round one, you put, you know, and also, this is something that I think cannot be understated and not said enough. KU was out with was without Isaiah Moss tonight. Uh, he had been struggling with a hamstring injury, was able to get a few minutes in the scrimmage on Thursday, but didn't play today. So Kay was without arguably its best shooter, someone who sh- who's scored, I think it was like 18, 19 points in about 90 seconds at Iowa. You know, he's a prolific scorer when he gets really hot. And even without, you know, if, he, if he's not hot, he's a guy that can still shoot 40% from three for the season. So he's a big piece for that, especially if you're going to try and do uh, four guards, and maybe that's something that hampered, you know, Bill Self and what he wanted to do tonight. For all we know, maybe he wanted to go four guards, but without Isaiah Moss, it's, you know, you're kind of left with either, you know, basically Jalen Wilson and Arena or Brown playing, you know, with Azubuque if you are trying to do the four-guard lineup, and, you know, for as good as those guys could be later in the season, I don't think you want to be relying on three true freshmen in the Champions Classic. You know, three guys that were not highly rated recruits. And that's okay. Those guys will work through it and get into the rotation and figure things out. But I think for this first game, maybe you want to go with a little bit more experience, just guys that have been there in an atmosphere like that. You are playing a blue button, Duke. You are playing Madison Square Garden. You are playing in front of the nation like it is a big stage. And it's one of those things where maybe you know self just wanted to go with more experience that he has. Um, I was not overly impressed with Jalen Wilson or Christian Brown in this performance. I thought Brown looked a little bit with he had some big eyes early on, uh, especially I think it was that first offensive possession. He kind of get got into the lane and really didn't have anything to do and just kind of threw the ball up. Um, those are some learning moments I think that now, once you've played in your first game, you understand how fast the game is going against a team like Duke on a stage like this that it will help them later on in the season, but it will take time for them to get more comfortable with playing with these guys and playing on a stage like you are in the Champions Classic. Uh, In terms of just keeping it going with the bench guys, I thought Tristan and Aruna looked pretty good in the first half. Definitely had, you know, I think he had two turnovers, I want to say. Both of them came off of jump passes where he just got caught in the air. Pretty... You say elementary stuff, but you're know you in the middle of a game and all of a sudden you jump and you're in the middle of the air. But it's something that you're taught from a young age is you don't jump and get caught in the air because then you have to get rid of the ball. And you just don't jump when you're passing. The only time you're jumping is when you're shooting, you're trying to dunk the ball. Um, So I thought, but outside of that, you know, Enaruna made a three off of a a ball screen when the guy went under the ball screen. That's something that has to be a little bit encouraging going forward. Not only is Enaruna making a three, but also him operating out of a ball screen. I'm really high on him. Uh I I have been and when he committed I I wrote something about his potential as kind of a a versatile wing and maybe even playing a little bit of small ball for and you saw that tonight. Now there were mistakes, but I'd be really I'd be encouraged what you saw from Tristan Ed tonight and his ability to to play in games and be a guy that can play against, you know, high level talent as a true freshman. Uh in terms of guys in the starting lineup, I thought Devon Dotson, especially in the first half, was not impressive. He definitely turned it on in the second half. Uh, His shot wasn't falling, and uh, we saw this with Devon last year that I think is really good, is when his shot isn't falling, he's going to try and get to the rim, and that's what you saw tonight. You know, he he did struggle with the shot, and he was able to get to the line, get to the line, put pressure on the defense, and not just turn into an outside shooter. Or trying to search for shots, trying to you know trying to force things. It felt like he was kind of just letting the game play out. He ends up on five of ten shooting, one of four shooting from three. But the one three he made was the buzzer beater. that was a, a banked in three that didn't really have any impact in the game. I thought for KU, if you're going to pick a player of the game, I'd probably go with Ochai Baji. Yes, he did have the five turnovers, but I think in general for what he did for you tonight, shooting the ball went two of four from three. Uh, shot the ball efficiently, six of ten from the field. I'd be encouraged with him being the guy that's kind of that secondary score because I do think Devon Doss will have better games shooting the ball, uh, and even with Marcus Garrett too. The last couple sequences were not flattering for him. I thought that he was better than the numbers show, uh, but he is an important piece, especially you know creating for others. He did have you know the four assists, um, and that's something that he's going to have to offer going through the season as being that secondary ball handler when Devon Dawson's out of the game. He didn't do a great job of it today, but that's something that we've seen him, and he is capable of, of handling the ball. It's just a question of what are defenses going to treat Marcus Garrett like when he does have the ball. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the film again and see kind of how Duke defended Garrett, but it did feel like he was able to get in the rim a little bit easy sometimes. So going through the season, him, you know, Garrett making those outside shots will be really, really important for KU uh going forward um outside of that though I, I also with Silvio I, I think I should touch on that a little bit I, I do feel good for him you know first time playing college basketball and what was it 584 days is what I counted it as um I, I, you do feel good for him but he did he did look rusty I mean you think about the one time where he had the wide open layup uh, off the offensive rebound and he just goes up with one hand and tries to like scoop it in in one smooth movement and just puts too much uh, juice on it and it just kind of bounced and rolled off the rim. Uh, this is something that I, I would expect from Silvio early on in the season is for him not to look entirely sharp. I think for him, it's going to be some exponential growth kind of late in December and then into January. I feel like that's the time and we'll see DeSosa kind of get on that uh, upward trajectory and start kind of getting to that peaking uh, performances. It'll take him a little while to get back in the just get in the flow of playing against other Division I college basketball guys that aren't on your team uh because you know for as much as you practice against them they are still your friends and i don't think i think there's a different type of edge that comes when you're going against another 6 foot 10 you know 6 foot 11 guy that's just as heavy as you are but doesn't know you and is going to try and you know work you time in and time out so i wouldn't be too concerned with Silvio's performance tonight i wouldn't try and overreact from it and again you got to take these champions classic games with with a grain of salt You know, they're great for kicking off the college basketball season and they're fun to watch. And it's fun that we get, you know, two top five matchups uh, to start off the season. You know, those are some things that I I think that, you know, kind of happen with these sort of games, these one offs, these big time games. When all eyes are on it, you tend to want to extrapolate this out for the rest of the season. What does this mean going forward? Well, maybe it just means KU needs to practice more. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, once we get into January, now if KU plays like this and turns the ball over 27 times in mid-January, you know, against Texas Tech, that's probably a big deal. But doing it against Duke, you know, in this atmosphere, in this sort of game, yes, it was sloppy, and yes, a lot of those turnovers were correctable, and a lot of them were trying to do too much. Uh And even, like, the fast breaks that KU had. KU had how many fast breaks with three-on-one or, you know, two on one and they weren't able to finish just a lot of stuff that is able to be fixed. And that's what makes, you know, doing and analyzing this game a little tough because it is fixable. And, you know, with the Bill Self team, you know, they're not going to average 27 turnovers for the season. So things will get better. Uh, it is a disappointing result. You know, if you just in terms of the game itself, you know, you never want to lose and to open up the season you know, with a loss against Duke. Not a great way to start the season, but in terms of what it means for the rest of the season, it doesn't mean much. And that's all the time we have for today. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU basketball and KU football coverage. Um, Scott's there in New York, so we're going to have a ton of really good stories um, from the Champions Classic. Football has a bye week this week. Going into next week, The will play at Oklahoma State. KU plays again this Friday. So we're really starting to get into the swing of things with, you know, KU sports season. So we're going to have all sorts of great coverage there over at fog.net. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mswing97. And you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Chasen Scott. And with that said, actually, not sure how much we're going to do the podcasts for basketball during non-con. But I know for a fact that we'll do them after every single Big 12 basketball game this season. But for non-con, not too sure how we're going to do it. So just keep refreshing the old the old inbox and Apple uh, and then checking the website for when we got these podcasts out. Uh, but with that said, we will for sure talk to you after the Oklahoma state game in about a week and a half time. Uh, and maybe we'll talk to you after a KU basketball game.